Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Are your everyday ministry responsibilities taking a toll in your life? It's time to let God minister to you. Come away with your spouse and be quiet before God. Focus on the Family Canada has designed a seven-day retreat for couples in ministry. Come visit us at Kareth Retreats, a quiet place to receive from God and deepen your connection to Him, your spouse, and your calling. Find rest, find renewal, find reconnection with God. Find out more at karethretreats.ca. You might have had a time with God when He seemed very near, but as we'll hear from Andy Stanley, there needs to be more to your faith than that one-time experience. God often uses moments to launch faith. But those moments were never designed to be the foundation of our faith. Those moments often launch our faith, but never ever, as we're going to see, are we to lean our faith in God up against those moments. Because those moments come and those moments go. You'll discover a stronger foundation for your faith on today's episode of Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I heard Andy Stanley give this message a few years ago, and I was riveted, and I knew that we had to share it with the listeners. This is one of those foundational messages that every Christian needs to hear so that your faith will be strong enough to weather the stormy times that come to all of us. Uh, Let's get right to it, John. Okay. Well, here's Pastor Andy Stanley of North Point Ministries on today's episode of Focus on the Family. We're going to talk about the difference between faith and hope and luck. I I want to try to help unravel uh, the mystery of this thing that all of us experience. And and you may experience this as a Christian or you may be from another religious background. But this whole thing of you have belief in God and you have faith in God. And in your mind or in your way of thinking, there are some cause and effect relationships between what you do and what God should do. Um, If you grew up in a Christian home, you were taught, you know, you ask God and God answers prayers and you try to get him to say yes. And maybe you were taught if you have enough faith, you can get God to say yes. And if you get a lot of faith, you'll get God to do stuff. And then you hear people tell these amazing stories of, you know, I lost my job on Monday, but then I fasted and prayed on Tuesday and on Wednesday, um, the guy came and gave me the whole company. You know, it's like, wow, you know, or, you know, he broke up with me, but then, you know, he apologized and now we're happily married. And you hear these stories of people and and prayer is part of the equation and faith is part of the equation, but it doesn't ever quite work out that way for you. And then if you're honest and you kind of poke around behind some of those other stories, you find out it didn't really work out all that well for them either, you know, sometimes. So we're going to talk about what is that? And, and how does that work? And, and maybe how do you work it? And how do you get it to work? And, and how, you know, how does faith impact God? And what's the difference between hoping for something and being able to say, God, I'm trusting you to do this. And, and if you've been around a lot of Christians, you've heard things like that. We're just trusting God for that. And you're thinking, what does that mean? And how do you know God's gonna do it? And then you meet people that have all this incredible faith and you think, oh, boy, I'd like to be like that. Um, I wanna talk specifically about what you lean your faith against. Okay, or what you prop your faith up on. Or another way of thinking about it is what is the foundation of your faith or your belief system? Now, the thing that would probably make that a more intriguing conversation um, is not so much to talk about what the foundation is, but maybe to talk about what your foundation has been or what it was. And so what I want to do for a few minutes is kind of turn the corner and I want to talk to those of you who have lost faith or who have abandoned your faith. Because a discussion about losing faith or abandoning our faith is really the discussion that helps us understand how important it is and why it's important to have the right thing to lean our faith against to begin with. 
Because if you're a person who has lost faith or has abandoned your faith, or maybe you're here listening to this message because you're in the process of losing it and you feel like the world's, your world's kind of coming apart and you don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, you don't know what you can expect from God, you're not even sure there is a God, then what's happened is whatever you had been leaning your faith against, it has moved. And so consequently, when the foundation or the thing you lean your faith against moves, then your faith begins to crash. And perhaps your faith has crashed or perhaps your faith is crashing. And so I wanna talk about why that happens because in discovering why that happens, we're gonna discover today why it's so important to understand the right foundation for faith. Now, here's my observation. And being a pastor for a long time and talking to lots and lots of people, when I meet people who say they've lost their faith or they've abandoned their faith or they've, you know, they just don't know what to believe or to think anymore, generally it's because of two things, lifestyle decisions and unexplainable circumstances. That lifestyle decisions and unexplainable circumstances do more to erode faith and kind of chip away at what was probably an insecure foundation to begin with than anything else. Let me try to illustrate that for you. Um, Perhaps you were raised in a home, maybe a Christian home or some kind of religious home where you were taught that cheating and being dishonest was a bad thing. And so you grew up as a child thinking, that's right, cheating and being dishonest is a bad thing. And even though you cheated and even though you were dishonest, you still believed it was a bad thing. It was part of your belief system. And that was fine when you were in high school and you know, middle school. But then you moved to the big city and you got a job and you became a part of a company and an industry where cheating and being dishonest was a business practice. And it wasn't super overt, but as you got involved in this company or this industry, you realized that being a little bit dishonest and not exactly disclosing everything was just how business was done. And now you had this dilemma on the inside because you'd been raised to believe, well, this is wrong. But you looked around the vicinity of the company and the office and it didn't seem to be bothering anybody else. So now you had a real dilemma and you had three choices. I can either work here and feel guilty all the time. I can quit my job. That's not a good option. Or... Maybe what I've always believed isn't true. Maybe in an environment like this, being a little dishonest and cheating a little bit isn't really bad. Maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Maybe my conscience is a little bit too wired. And over time, and all of us have experienced this, over time, because of a lifestyle decision, whether it's a job decision or whatever, we begin to change what we believe, not because of great research, not because God revealed to us that you've been wrong. You know, We begin to change what we believe because of a lifestyle decision. I've decided to stay in this company. I've decided to be a part of this company. I don't wanna feel guilty about what I'm doing. And so I've decided, like everybody else around me, that you know what, what we're doing really isn't bad. And suddenly, your belief system or your faith in something has shifted. And over time, you will begin to adapt a different lifestyle which impacts your belief system, not because of research, but because of the people you're around, because of culture. This happens to us to some extent all the time. All of us feel those pressures. But here's my point. What slowly happens is we change the way we behave and then we change the way we believe. As if to say what we used to believe was wrong, but we don't quit believing because what we believed was wrong. We quit believing because we behaved in a different way. And our new behavior impacts the way that we believe. The other thing that chips away at at our faith oftentimes is not only lifestyle decisions, but unexplainable circumstances. That's the second thing I mentioned. By that, I mean this. You were raised to believe that God would never, and then it seemed like God did anyway. You were raised to believe that God will always but then it seems that God didn't. 
You were raised to believe that if you do A, B, and C, you can expect God and trust God to do D, E, and F. And so you have done A, B, and C consistently, and God hasn't done D, E, or F. And all of a sudden, there is a life circumstance that doesn't line up with your thinking about God, and your faith is shattered. This happens all the time. And you look around for a job, and God hasn't answered your prayer, and you fasted and prayed, you've done all the things people have told you to do. Some of you are back in church trying to get in good with God because you're not sure how God works, but you're thinking church is a part of it, and you don't even like church, and you're having a hard time even paying attention right now, but you're hoping God sees you in here. And God's going, oh, look, 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 she's in church. Okay, put a check. She's got three checks and four X's, but maybe, she, you know. But you're thinking that somehow you've got to kind of win God's favor and get on God's good side. And you don't know how that works. And you've begun to lose faith because God isn't acting the way you think God ought to act. And many people, I bet everybody in this room knows someone or is someone who says, you know what? My faith took a big hit. My faith got a big ding when I expected or trusted God to do something because somebody told me that's what God was like and God didn't do it and now I don't know what to believe. Now, here's what both of those scenarios and there's lots of spinoffs of both of those. Here's what both of those things have in common. For the purpose of this series, we're gonna call that circumstantial faith. Circumstantial faith is this. I'm trusting God and I'm believing in God based on my ability to find God in my circumstances. And when you were 12 years old, living at home in whatever town that was, and mom and dad said, you know, this is how you're supposed to behave in a relationship with a young man or a young woman, you believed that and it worked for you and you held on to that. Then when you moved to the big city and that didn't seem to be so practical anymore and nobody else was behaving that way, you abandoned that based on what? Your circumstances. It was circumstantial faith. You always thought that God would protect you if you did certain things. It seems like God's not protecting you. You look around your circumstances, you don't feel protected, and you're not sure you believe in God anymore. Why? You have circumstantial faith. And to some extent, all of us have an element of circumstantial faith. That is, our beliefs about God and our faith in God, whether weak or strong, is impacted by what we see, by what we experience, what the people around us do. The problem is, circumstantial faith is always very, very fragile because, I don't know if you have recognized this or not, life is not consistent. There is a randomness to life. Seemingly, there is a randomness to God. There is a randomness to the events of life. And every time you think you have figured out the formula, you know, two prayers, read my Bible and go to church. Two prayers, I got the formula. You know, I've got, I've got it worked out. You know, every time we think we've got it figured out, something doesn't work out and we look around our circumstances and say, what's wrong with God or what's wrong with me? That's called circumstantial faith. And it's always very fragile. The, the reason it's fragile, and you're probably already kind of figuring this out. The reason it's fragile one reason is because we're not very good at interpreting events anyway, okay? I mean, the problem with circumstantial faith is I look in the vicinity of this week or this month and go, well, since this happened and since the job didn't work out, since he never called me back and since my son hasn't returned, maybe God doesn't love me. I'm looking at my circumstances, but we're bad at interpreting events anyway. Um, you know, the classic case is if you dropped into me interfacing with one of my kids and asked them, does your daddy love you? There would be times when my kids would probably look at you and say, no, he doesn't love me. Well, why? He's making me go to that dentist, you know? And of course, as an adult, you're going, well, 
actually, that is evidence that he does love you. But if you ask my kids or if you'd ask me as a kid, I'd say, no, that's evidence that he hates me, okay? Because it hurt last time, it's gonna hurt this time. Why would somebody who loves me take me and sit me in a chair, put things in my mouth and then walk out of the room and just let them have their way? I mean, that's not evidence of a father's love. That's some kind of weirdness. He probably needs counseling. So the thing is, we know from personal experience that at times in our life, we have been very, very bad at interpreting circumstances. Chances are you've had an event in your life that in the moment you thought it was terrible. Three years later, you look back and you say, I am so glad that happened. Well, wait a minute, was it good or was it bad? Well, ultimately it was good, but it seemed like it was bad. Yeah, but if you had evaluated God's love for you in the moment when it seemed bad, you would have been wrong. But that's the problem with circumstantial faith. It's always very, very fragile and we're not good at interpreting circumstances. In fact, we're, we're not good at that at all. The other thing that makes us bad at interpreting circumstance is that our time frame isn't long enough, right? I mean, if something happens on Monday and you pray on Tuesday, you know, you'll give God Wednesday, but by Thursday, something needs to be going on, right? Okay, God, I'll give you to the weekend. Okay, God, I'm gonna be a gracious person. I'm gonna give you two weeks to work this out, right? Our time frame is so short. And when we, now this is so important. When we evaluate God's faithfulness, when we evaluate God's intervention in a time frame that's short enough to suit us, but that doesn't suit him, we often conclude something's wrong with God. I pulled the lever and things aren't lining up. And I thought I knew how to do this. I thought God always, I thought God never. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you love the ever-changing field of digital and content marketing? Do you have proven experience developing marketing campaigns and leading a team? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a director of integrated marketing to join our dynamic team in Langley, B.C. If you or someone you know feels called to use their marketing and leadership skills to serve families, Explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Are you facing challenges as you raise your kids? Have questions about conflict in marriage? For generations, Focus on the Family Canada has been giving trusted guidance to nearly any topic families are facing, and it's all available on our free app. Explore a huge library of broadcasts from well-known speakers who cover everything from growing in your faith to dealing with mental health challenges. Search for Focus on the Family Canada in your app store and start exploring all the resources available to you for free. Reinforce biblical values in your children with fun, hands-on activities from Focus on the Family's Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior magazines. Kids love this entertaining magazine, filled with challenging puzzles and exciting stories all designed to help your children build good character and a strong foundation in God. To order your Focus on the Family magazine subscription to Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior, please visit us at clubhousemagazine.ca. That's clubhousemagazine.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. One of the um, most fascinating stories in the Bible, it's one of the longest um, stories about a person in the whole Bible. In fact, it might be the longest. It's the story of Joseph. Joseph was the key to getting the nation of Israel into Egypt. And in Egypt, they were persecuted in the Moses and all that famous part of the story. But Joseph was a critical element. And when you read his story, it's so fascinating. For 15 years, 
15 years, God didn't do anything for Joseph and Joseph remained faithful. And when you read the story, it's very evident as an outsider that God is up to something. But when you're with Joseph and you're in the story, there's no evidence that God is up to anything. And time after time after time, Joseph continued to believe God, not based on his circumstances, but on, based on something entirely different that we'll talk about in just a minute. And when you read the story, you go, look what God did. And you go, yeah, but what if at any point in the story, Joseph had said, you know what? Clearly, this ain't working. Clearly, there's not a God. And if there is a God, he doesn't love me. But see, fortunately, he understood the time frame of God is oftentimes not the one that lines up with our time frame. So one of the things that makes circumstantial faith so fragile is we don't interpret events very well. We don't know what God's up to half the time. And our time frame is too short. And then the other thing is, and, and maybe you can relate to this, maybe not. We, we don't often interpret the voice of God very well. Every once in a while, you run into somebody, or maybe you are, again, one of those somebodies that hears from God, and somebody says, you know, well, God told me to, and God showed me that I need to, and God led me out of, and, and they just, and I, I listen to those people sometimes and think, wow, I, th- I think I wish God would speak to me that much, but that's a lot of accountability. Maybe not. I'd rather go with a hunch, you know, then I could say, I didn't know. I thought I, I, I misunderstood, you know. <laughs> But you know, you've met people, and, and I don't doubt that God speaks to people. I'm not saying that at all. But the problem is, when you, when you are sure God has spoken to you, and then God doesn't do what you think God's promised to do, the tendency is to go, well, I don't know if I can trust God anymore. Well, maybe, maybe you misunderstood God. I mean, Sandra misunderstands me sometimes. I misunderstand her. I misunderstand my kids. They misunderstand me. If we kind of have that thing going on between human beings that we can see and get clarification, is it possible that maybe we misunderstand God? I think the answer is absolutely yes. But if your faith is leaning upon your ability to always hear from God and always get it right the first time, that's fragile faith. That's circumstantial faith. That is, I'm trusting God because I'm trusting him in the sphere of my environment and my experience alone. For many of us, it's true that God will oftentimes use an event or a set of circumstances to launch our faith. Now, this sounds like I'm contradicting myself, so follow me carefully. You're going along, life's great, you're not really interested in God, you know, it's fine if there's a God, you don't care, you're busy, you're making a living, you know, trying to get life going, get your kids through school, whatever. And then somebody invited you to to church and you're just sort of like, whatever, you know, they promised me lunch and you show up and the music starts and then there's a, a message and all of a sudden, you're kind of overwhelmed with this emotion and you look back to that moment and you would say, you know what? I just feel like God met me there. We hear those stories all the time at baptism or maybe you're going through a real tough time and one night you turn off the lights and got on your knees beside your bed and you don't know that you've ever done that or you don't remember when the last time you did that was and you started calling out to God out loud saying, God, I don't know if you're there, but if you're there, I need you. And in that moment, something happened and you look back to that moment and you say, wow, That's when it started for me. That's when God became real. That event launched my faith. That event, that God moment was like the catalyst to my faith. Or maybe it was an answer to prayer. Here's my point. God often uses moments to launch faith. But those moments were never designed to be the foundation of our faith. Because those moments come and those moments go. And sometimes God miraculously answers prayers and sometimes he seems to be silent. 
And sometimes he works within our short time frame. And sometimes it seems like he ignores our time frame. We're looking at our watch. He's looking at the calendar, right? So the thing is, we have to be careful going forward. And, and, and this, we're about to narrow this down a little bit. Your confidence and your faith is resting against something. If it is circumstantial, it is fragile and eventually it will fail. And here's why. Because the sorrows of life and the tragedies of life will eventually cause there to be so many random experiences in your life that don't make sense, you will no longer feel like you can put your confidence in or trust this. At the same time, the pleasures of life, the pleasures of life will eventually cause almost every single element of your belief system to become inconvenient. In order to continue believing, you're gonna have to give up some pleasure. And at the end of the day, if your faith is purely circumstantial, you will opt for pleasure over faith every single time. And you will adjust your belief system to match your lifestyle, which isn't necessarily a problem except for this. It means that what you have believed really probably isn't worth believing and that what you believe today probably isn't gonna be what you believe tomorrow. And none of that's a problem until you come to a place in life when you really, 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 really need something to be able to lean on. And if all you have is circumstantial faith, faith based on what I can see around me, experience around me, what I believe, what I expect God to do, eventually that will not hold you up. Now, and here's one of the reasons that, you know, the more I read, the more I explore, the more I travel, the more I talk to people, the, the more I come back and I'm just grateful to the point of being emotional about my faith in Christ. And that's this, that unlike current day philosophies and neat philosophers and all kind of the cool stuff that's going on today that's fun to read about, unlike many other or really all other world religions, the foundation of Christianity is not an experience. The foundation of Christianity is not my ability to make the world make sense. The foundation of Christianity is not an event with God. It's not an answered prayer. It's none of those things that are oftentimes the catalyst of our faith. The foundation, the thing that we lean Christianity on, the thing that we lean on as Christians is so different than any other thing. It's the thing that makes Christianity stand out. And it's the reason I believe that some of you are coming back to church because you've spent a season of your life trying to prop your belief system up and prop your worldview up on something that worked for a while, but you're smart enough to know that you keep adapting your belief system to follow your behavior and adapting your belief system to follow your behavior. And at some point in life, you look up at the sky and you realize, I don't believe anything. I believe in me and I'm not enough. And maybe you're back because you're hoping there's more to life than that. And here's some great news. There is. Now, I just want to read one verse to you today. It's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The book of Hebrews was written to Christians who were Jewish. They were Jewish Christians. And they had no real good reason to continue following Jesus because life was really bad for them. They'd lost their jobs. They'd lost their place in in society. Um, They were told that Jesus was going to come back soon. So in other words, I don't mean like in a few years. They were told like, don't even sit down. He's going to be back in a minute. Okay, they, they believed he was coming back so soon they sold all of their things and gave it all away because they didn't think they were gonna need anything because Jesus was coming back. Now, Jesus didn't say that. In fact, Jesus said, I want you to go tell everybody in the whole world about me, then I'll come back. They missed that part. They just thought he's coming back in a minute. So when he didn't come back, they, they were losing faith. 
And so the writer of Hebrews writes these Jewish Christians and he's pleading with them, don't give up your faith. Don't abandon Christianity. Don't abandon Jesus just because of your circumstances. In other words, don't make the mistake of propping up your faithfulness on what you can see and those you know, unique God moments that happen every once in a while. And then in this verse, he gives us in no unmistakable terms, the foundation of our faith. And this sets Christianity apart from everything else. And you know what? This is the only place, this is the only place to prop up your worldview and to prop up your belief system. This is the foundation of faith. Verse 14, Hebrews 4, 14. I'm gonna kind of pick through this verse real quickly for you. He says, therefore, and now he reviews everything he said so far in these four chapters so far. Therefore, since we have, present tense right now, we have a great high priest who has, past tense, has gone through the heavens. And that's a summary statement for Jesus' entire ministry and his whole life. If you read the other parts of Hebrews, that becomes clear. He says, since we right now have this high priest who in the past, a few years ago, from their perspective, a few years ago, showed up on the earth, walked around, performed miracles, um, claimed to be the son of God, validated that through his life and miracles, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead and went to be with the father. He says, since you know, we right now have a high priest who did all of that, Jesus, the son of God, and then listen to what he says next. Let us hold firmly, as in right now, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And let me put all that together. And here's the answer to the question of what is the foundation of our faith? He was saying to them, guys, I know it's tough. And I know it ain't working out. And I know Jesus didn't show up. And I know you're having a hard time being a Christian in a primarily Jewish culture where they're pretty hostile right now. I know that God's not answering your prayers and I know your children aren't buying into it. I know things are tough, but don't quit believing. Why? Well, not based on what you see around you. Don't quit believing because listen to what we have. We have in history, a person who showed up and walked this earth as one of us, who was seen, who was touched, who was loved, who spoke, who performed miracles, who died on the cross in front of all of us, who was raised from the dead and seen by over 500 people who claim to have a unique relationship with God and who claims to be the one who represents us to God. That's who we have. And since we right now currently have that, that's why we don't give up believing. In other words, the foundation of our faith is a person. The foundation of our faith is not an experience. The foundation of our faith is not an answer to prayer. The foundation of our faith is a person, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Such great insights and wise words from Pastor Andy Stanley as we come to the end of this portion of a message he gave to his church, North Point Community, on today's Focus on the Family. And we'll hear more about how to uh, make Jesus Christ the foundation of your faith next time. You know, having a firm foundation for your faith is critical to leading a godly life. And it's what will get you through the hard times. And I especially think it's important to share this message with our teens and young adults who can be, you know, so wobbly, even like we may have been at that time, in their faith. Yeah, as they uh, spread their wings and head off to college or go to that first full-time job, they're going to be surrounded Mm -hmm. by people and circumstances that 
uh, really challenge their core beliefs. Well, John, you've seen it firsthand with your uh, four of your six children who are in their 20s, and I'm starting to see that with Trent, who's 21. And, you know, part of our mission here at Focus on the Family is to help young adults build a strong marriage and having a firm faith, like Andy is talking about, is a necessary foundation for that. And that's why we're here. What we're sharing with you on the air today and tomorrow is just a small segment of a five-part DVD series from Pastor Andy Stanley. It's called Faith, Hope, and Luck, Discover What You Can Expect from God. Ask about it when you get in touch. And we're a phone call away. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca, donate as you can, and request your DVD as well. And if you enjoyed today's presentation, please tell a friend to tune in next time when Andy Stanley shares how God will show up when hard times come. The strength of God is a lesson you'll never, ever forget. And God says, let me tell you what, sometimes I'm going to take the pressure off and sometimes I'm going to intervene in your circumstances, but I promise every single time to give you the grace, the strength, the power to endure. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we continue with more from Andy Stanley next time and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.